You are here, aren't you, Ninja? 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 Show yourself. The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. to you, McGruff. Oh yeah. Hi, welcome to the Five Count. Yes. How you doing? Really just so great. I'm glad. We're back, ton. We're Thank back. Thank you so much. We are back and better than ever. Is that true? No. Could it get much better? Uh, it could get a lot worse. It could get way so much better and way so much worse, but here we are. Do you think we ought to maybe aim for way so much kind of the same? Yes. All right. That's all we got in us right now. Ton, we've got a lot more than that, and I'll tell you why. We've got an exclusive interview tonight. No way. With writer, actor, George McGrath. Wow. Uh, you might remember him from Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, man. He was the voice of Globy. I love Pee-wee's Playhouse. And, and the Countess. The Countess. And the Fish. And the Fish. All of those? He was uh, Terry for a season, I believe. Really? He wrote Big Top Peewee. Wow. He wrote a bunch of... He wrote of, Big Top Peewee? Yeah, I didn't man. know this stuff. He's on the program tonight. Wow. He's from the Groundlings. You've heard of them. Yeah. Well, we'll hear all about it tonight. George McGrath is on the show. Dude, that's very cool, actually. That's you, really cool. You know, one of the things you that sound I... sound surprised. That I absolutely... That's actually good. <laughs> uh, who's... Wow. <laughs> No, I'm not surprised by how good it is. I'm just more excited than I realized that I would be. So, can I just ask a question? Sure. Or should we wait till later? We're still introing the show. I don't know what we're doing. We're just doing Tom, it's your show. us. We're being us. We're it's your show. You've been on for 20 years, and you can do what you damn well please. Dude, Big Top Peewee. Yeah. What is one of your what's one of your favorite scenes in Big Top Peewee? Favorite scenes? Yes. Ah, that's tough. I like the farm stuff. Yeah. I like the uh the mom from Kindergarten Cop going nuts and throwing egg salad sandwiches. Yes, yes. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I like when Peewee goes into the store and wants a cheese sandwich and then yes. the guy gets pissed and throws checkers all over the place. Yes, dude, because he wants a pickle. 
<laughs> because and the guy, okay, we got to tell the whole thing now. He also wants a pickle, and the guy gets pissed because he's playing chess with the chessboard on top of the barrel of pickles. So then he has to take that all off of there in order to get Pee Wee his pickle. That is what I was getting at, Dust. Whenever anyone brings up or says Big Top Pee Wee, the very first thing that pops into my mind is that freaking pickle scene. <laughs> all I wanted was a measly cheese sandwich. Yes, dude. <laughs> But he ends up with that pickle. Well, I'd like a cheese sandwich, too. He wrote the movie, Tongue. Dude, that is awesome. With Paula Rubens, of course. He wrote the theme song for Pee-wee's Playhouse. Wow. You know the one that's sung by Cyndi Lauper? Yes. Just saying. It's all happening tonight. What a guy. We've also got some mailbag questions, and Five Count Hotline is open. 507-519-2030. 507-519-2030. That's the Five Count Hotline. 507-519-2030. You could call it anytime, anywhere, 24-7. Leave us a voicemail. Send us a text message. If you happen to have seen this while we're recording the show, you could call in and do it live. You could do it right now. But if you're hearing it on a Saturday, that's going to be some feat. Do you like Bummer. this uh, bed music? I absolutely love it. Does it remind you of like... Uh, Snoopy old ladies wandering around your property. Yes, it does. That's what I was going for. I love this bed music. John, I got a question from John in New Ulm. Word on street that the movie F9, The Fast Saga, is about Ton. And Vin Diesel plays Ton. (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) Land of beer and tumbleweeds, John. What up? Wow. What up, John? That's 100% correct. How did you know? It must have leaked. You work at a friggin' movie house, so you knew it before anyone, and now you leaked it? This is ridiculous. Did you know that there were nine of these films? I did not. Did I mean, kn- I did, because this one's about me, but I also did not. Is it just this one, or are they all loosely based on the life of Ton? They all kind of are, but it's been under wraps, and this one is the one that cracks it all wide open. I gotta say, I've never seen any of these films. Well, once you do, it's going to blow your mind. But this some, one... Some of the scenes, like, you're basically in there. The I know, Rock played you, actually. Oh, The Rock. Movie. John Cena is in the new one. Yeah. But I'm afraid I probably won't be able to see him. No, you definitely won't. You know, because... Yeah. You can't. You can't see that guy. So, do you feel like Vin Diesel is uh, an appropriate choice to play you in the cinema? I mean, it's okay. I'm not really a Vin Diesel fan, but... You know, his management and the movie house's management, they all had some kind of deal worked out before I could even have any say in it. So I had to spend, like, enormous amounts of time talking with him about the inner workings of Ton and make sure he fully understands it, you know, but it's all right. He had to shadow you? He's done an okay job. Is he like a method actor? Yeah. Was he here last week and I didn't realize it wasn't you? Yes. Man, he's going to be good in that film. Yeah. I could have swore that was you. Totally not. Now, if it weren't for Vin Diesel, who else do you think could play Ton? I'd say maybe I could see, like, uh, the late, great Jim Varney could be a good Ton. Okay. Sure. Possibly uh, Ton's favorite actor, oddly enough, Jim Belushi. Yes. That could, could happen. Could see him pulling that off. Yes. I would be on board with that. Who else could play Ton? Not a lot of people, I'm guessing. That's, re- a, that's a tough role. Yeah. 
That's like from, uh, Oscar worthy. From my perspective, it's really difficult to like choose one. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really sure. It's, that's a tough one for me to call. But I mean, anyone else listening out there, you're welcome to to pitch in. I'm sure Floyd Shouts will have something derogatory to say about it. I would say Bruce Lee, but he's mostly dead. So that would be kind of throwing a wrench in things. Yeah, but you're 100% accurate on that. Because um, if you were to talk to my mom, which I know that you do regularly. Barb? When I was growing up, she basically said that. Like that I was a reincarnated like black dude who also happened to be part Bruce Lee. Which was weird. Weird to hear your mom tell you that, but. For some reason, that was the combination that she thought I was. Like, Jimi Hendrix and Bruce Lee mashup is what I was. Oh, wow. You know. But somehow a, a short white guy from Minnesota. Yeah, but also with Michael Jackson's dance moves. Bet you didn't see that coming. Didn't at all. Now, Bruce Lee, what happened to him? Didn't I read a rumor that he had his uh, sweat glands removed so he would look better on camera? And then he overheated and died? Is that true? I <laughs> I want to say no way to okay. that. Because I was thinking not. of having that procedure done, but no. if that were true, I would. I don't sweat a lot anyway because I'm very lazy. Yeah. So I don't know. It, may, it might be a waste of time for me to have something like that done. Yeah. Well, the interesting part with Bruce Lee is... Um, is this music distracting you? No, but in some ways, I don't think... I think in some ways his death was somewhat unexplainable. I think I just explained it. It's not that sweat gland thing. Are you sure? Yeah, he didn't care about sweating. He didn't sweat you or anybody. Fair enough. Well, then I guess I don't know. We should get his his former wife on on the horn. Talk to her. She'd tell us. Okay. Next week, Bruce Lee's former wife. On the five count. Love this idea. In the meantime, we should probably play a song or two and see what happens on the other side. I love that idea. I'm getting real sweaty right now. Nice. Starting to think of maybe getting Bruce Lee's uh, extended family on the phone, see if I can get something set up. I'm uh, totally on board with that. Let's come back after this and we'll discuss uh, whatever it is that's bothering you, if you don't mind. Thank you so much. Birdman caught me on his property. He saw me trespassing his real estate. He reached in his pocket for a pistol. He came after me and pistol with my behind. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman beat me to a pulp. He gave me a yell down war hell right. He told me that he was going to kill me if I don't get off his real estate. He gave me five minutes to get in my broker and hit the rookie road. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass.
at 10 o'clock p.m. I drove my Bronco back to Birdman's real estate. I jumped over his fence at the dark. I picked up a brick and shot a Birdman's window pane. Birdman sighted me doing it and reached for his pesto. Suddenly, I jumped back in my Bronco and took off like O.J. Simpson. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Birdman kicked my ass. Rock over London. Rock over Chicago. Heinz. It's America's favorite ketchup.
Miller from Maximum Overdrive and stand-up comedy. You're listening to The Five Count in Mankato. You're going to get us in an awful lot of trouble, man.
Well, I won't stop for a million bucks. I love you so. Just hold me tight and don't let go. One day, baby, you'll quit me, yeah. Yeah. I'd be crying and soaking wet. One thing, baby, I'll never stand. See your lips kiss some other man. This feeling's killing me. Oh, shucks. Well, I won't stop for a million bucks. I love you so. I just hold me tight. I just hold me tight. Hold me tight. Hold me tight. Don't let go, Tom. We're back. And we're back. Oh, shucks. I love Tun so. Man. It's the five count. It's the greatest program that you'll ever encounter on a Saturday night in southern Minnesota. That could be true. I mean, what else is on right now? Nothing. A flashback with Matt Pinfield? Yeah, no, it's us that you want to be listening to and continue to do so. Casey Kasem from Beyond the Grave? Listen, I do love Casey Kasem, okay? I do love it. I do. Maybe you're going deep at the top? Yes, dude. On some rival station? I'm always going deep at the top. Listening to Too Much Blackfoot? Oh, man. But Casey Kasem is passed on, and that sort of, like, gives me this strange, empty feeling once in a while. But I do love it. I miss the oldies, dude, you know? You feel like uh, Casey Kasem dying is similar to sticking a hose in the old love tank and siphoning it out? Yeah, maybe. A little bit. Bummer. It is a bummer. Hey, you still got me? I do. (laughs) <laughs> for whatever that's worth it's worth a lot hey can i say something just uh off topic 100 I, I don't yes. want to step on any toes and i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings uh-huh. but uh this past week here on our station our host station kmsu the maverick yeah it's been uh rough it's been rough for me really and i'll tell you why and i kind of put the blame on this on some of the five count fans out there who had the opportunity to pledge money during the pledge drive for a day sponsorship yeah, and control what gets played during the day Uh huh. because somebody else did that apparently. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but it was Bob Dylan's birthday. Oh, yeah. And uh, they've been playing Bob Dylan all week. The entire week. Which some people out there are thinking, wow, that's awesome. I'm not one of those people. You're not. I'm not. You don't like that idea. It's been, uh, it's been something. I'll put it that way. If I weren't so lazy, I may have even turned it off. Yeah. But then I'd have nothing to complain about, so of course I'd let it slide. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I don't know when the last time you listened to roughly 40 hours of Bob Dylan. At never. Well, I don't recommend it. I was just going to say, I could do like a like a solid hour. I could probably endure an hour, you know? Maybe it's a break in there. Um, If need be, I could, you know, excuse like an entire day of Bob Dylan on a station. Like an entire day. I could could get on board with that. But in a whole friggin' week? This was about... Like a whole week? Literally about 20 hours of deep cuts. Here's one that was on the bootleg uh, unreleased volume 14 that didn't make the album blood on the tracks there's probably a reason for that but yeah 
I'm just saying out there, gentle listeners, I could have been you. You could have pledged some money, yeah. and you could have picked something, that, and they would have had to play it. Yeah. So what's the band that you would have preferred being played all week? I mean, I know what mine is, but... Um, I could think of probably 400 bands I would have rather heard. 400 other bands? Yeah. For an entire week? Give or take. No offense. I didn't have 400 in mind, but I, I mean, I had more than one, but 400, wow. Well, if you grab me like a notebook, I can fill it up for you. You'd start. With people I'd rather listen to than Bob Dylan. Jotting them down, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a thing. I just wanted to mention that. Could you, could you, I know you're a huge longtime fan. Could you do Ozzy for an entire week? I suppose I could. But I expected a little bit more oomph out of that. Answer. Well, the thing is, uh, there isn't enough Ozzy to fill an entire week. So you would be having enough to fill a day. Yeah. And then it would be that same day times five. Yeah. Whereas Bob Dylan has like 176 albums and then like another apparently 700 unreleased albums and then another 1200 live albums yeah. for some reason which yeah. some people own all that stuff i don't know why you would do that that's crazy that seems like just the amount of house that would eat up would be trouble alone but yeah just the fact that who wants to sit through it all i don't know i don't know either i'm guessing everyone but me so my number one pick would have been prince i could do prince for an entire week i could do prince for a month i could listen to this for a week it is really good. It just kind of does something. Yeah. Does a little something for you. But anyway, I digress. I did digress for several minutes. I'm sorry about that. Very good. Just a thing I wanted to mention. Thank you. It's been a rough week for me. <laughs> sorry about that. Ton, I've got a mailbag question. The five count mailbag, that is. Nice. It's a thing where people send in questions or topics or, you know, well wishes, ill will sometimes towards yeah, me. That happens, yeah. This one is from Billy Floyd Shouts. You're not going to believe this. This is a pro wrestling related question. No way. Get straight out of town. Tom, there have been a plethora, a plethora, plethora of pro wrestling documentaries popping up on cable TV as of late. What topic be it wrestler, promotion, or feud, would you like to see explored in a wrestling documentary? Mm. Signed, William Floyd Underpants. Mm. Think about that. Was Bob Dylan a wrestler? Don't pick that. No. Can't handle any more of it. No. Um, That's an interesting question, Floyd shouts. I... I there's, I mean, there's probably definitely more than one. Um, is there is there much in the way of documentary on the match? I believe so. There was just one that was on. Okay, and it wasn't very good. Yeah, I was like, kind of a smear campaign, which kind of is lame. I would like to see really good one about the match, but also additionally. Something about like like a documentary on the jumping bomb angels, maybe like that would be interesting. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I'd buy that. Like something that's like interesting of the time period and based on like who they are and how did they end up. 
with the WWF at that time. You know what I mean? Like that's something. Do you think you'd get that's a lot a of story? Would you get a lot of ratings with that? No, no. But that would be interesting to me. You want to talk about insider's deal? That's what I'm talking about. I want to know about that. I absolutely do not want to know anything about Hercules at all. Hernandez? Yes. Huh. No. Sorry. Is there a reason behind that? Or I just, just don't. Just don't like it. Yeah. You're more of a Billy Jack Haynes kind of guy? I mean, sure, I guess I'd watch that documentary, I guess, okay. probably. I might turn it off halfway through, but... Well, that's a solid choice. One that absolutely no one would watch but you. Yeah. That's that's my that's my pick. Ton, I'm going to say I would love to see a documentary of the making of the Be A Man album. That's an excellent... That's 100% I'm on board, dude. The hip-hop album recorded by Randy Macho Man Savage. Yes. Yes. 100% yes. Like a behind the music. No, yeah. actually more in depth. I'm thinking of like that... That Metallica documentary that yes. I had as a teenager that came on two VHS tapes and yes. it was like four hours long. If it could have been the whole thing, like there's just a camera crew following the match around at his house, at the studio, when he's going to the gas station, all that stuff. Yeah, 100% I'm on board with that. I would also like to see maybe a behind the scenes documentary on the filming of No Holds Barred. That's a good, I like that idea. Or possibly just on the uh, filmography of Hulk Hogan, because he's had some good ones. I'm talking like, you know, Santa with Muscles. Yeah. Secret Agent Dad. Could you imagine even, like, behind-the-scenes footage of him on set? That would be interesting. I can imagine it. That's why I'd like to see it come to fruition. So here's another little, little tidbit that I was thinking about just today, in fact. Can you imagine for a second... The Mach actually doing live shows of the Be The Man album. Like a tour. He did one. Of that. Can you even just imagine that? Like I've seen footage. You've seen footage of he, that? He did one show. It did not go well. The crowd uh, did not receive him well. Oh. And then he said, F this, canceled it. Didn't do any more shows. Where did you see this footage, dude? Why did you not send it to me? It might be on YouTube, and I saw it 15 years ago. Let's look it up right now. Wait, we got a show to do. That irks me. Dude, how could anyone see that and then not receive it well? How could you not be like, holy crap, this is the match, and I am on board? How How does that happen? Like, are people just soulless? Looking in your direction, Floyd shouts. I feel like he may have gotten booed off the stage. How would you do that to the Mach, though, dude? Honestly, I feel like the Mach is one of those that can basically do no wrong. There's not a thing that the Mach could have done, even that rap album, that makes me go like, oh, the man, like, get over yourself, dude. Hey, you're preaching to the choir. The match is being himself and just accept it and embrace it because it's awesome. And I want to say that he was on stage with uh, the wrestler Crush. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Kona Crush. So Crush would have made me second guess. I think he was just up there. See, that's dumb. Like Match's Flava Flav. Yeah, Crush should not have been involved. I'm not a fan of Crush. Well, he's dead now, so he can't hurt you. Yeah, it's fine. 
Ouch. But still, st- I would have embraced the match with open arms, 100%. Well, Ton, I've got some uh, good news for you. A guy that I think you would embrace 200%, our exclusive interview, our guest tonight, George McGrath. Yes. The guy wrote most of Pee Wee's Playhouse, like a whole bunch of it, and Big Top Pee Wee, and Elvira's Halloween special, and he was a member of the Groundlings. That's awesome. And he did a lot of other stuff. What a guy. Well, you know, I thought, you're a big fan of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, dude. We've had Wayne White on before, the voice of Randy. Yes. So I said, let's get George McGrath on, because he does the voice of my favorite Playhouse character, Globy. Globy. Which I don't know if that's your favorite or not. It's not really, but why is Globy yours? He just cracks me up. Just his face and his voice. Globy, man. I don't know why he's so funny, but cracks me right up. Huh. He also does the voice of uh, Countess. Yeah. Moo-hoo! I really loved Jombie, but I also liked um, the little extra, the little extra like skits. I guess I liked Penny for you some weird reason. El Hombre. Yeah, yeah. I could see you loving El Hombre. Yeah, dude. I'm on board with that kind of stuff. Well, we've got him on the program tonight. If you're interested, we can hear about it right now. Let's do it. He's got all sorts of stuff. In the hopper, as you like to say. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means, but what's a hopper? Why do you have so much stuff in it? (laughs) It's it's there waiting to be distributed or consumed. Okay. It's in a hopper. Well, whatever that means, let's get to our exclusive interview with George McGrath. We are joined on the phone today by writer-actor George McGrath member of the Groundlings, and also a big part of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Hey, George, how are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I am doing well, and thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Well, first of all, what have you been up to as of late? Have you been staying busy over the last year or so? I know a lot of stuff has been going on here for the last year, but uh, some people are finding ways to stay busy. I'm doing a lot of teaching. I teach uh, college, I teach writing TV shows, and I'm teaching uh, voiceover acting as well on Zoom. I don't mind it. I kind of like teaching on Zoom. Yeah, that would seem uh, maybe difficult for some people, you know, as far as uh, teaching, being expressive and acting and all that. You know, it seems like something maybe that would be better in person, but uh, you're, you're figuring it out over Zoom. That's great. I think a lot of things are better in person, like improv and even acting classes really are better in person, but I'm teaching writing and voiceover and they seem to work really well on Zoom. So is that through a university or is that something maybe the listeners could uh, sign up for a class? uh, I teach voiceover through the Groundlings. I've been doing it to raise money for them during the pandemic. Uh, Yeah, people could go to groundlings.com and sign up for the class if they want to. The other I teach for the New York Film Academy, so that's just for you know students that go there. Awesome. And I saw online, too, that um, there was a film maybe coming out called Bloody Hands. Is, is that uh, still in the works? Or? <laughs> that, that is the craziest thing. <laughs> I get questions about it all the time. I literally had nothing to do with that movie. Uh, a student wrote it, and they said, can we use your name so it will get... I don't know, ratings on IMDb, or I'm not exactly sure what the reason was, but it's been on there for like five years as a film that's in production. So people <laughs> ask me all the time, what's, 
when's your film Bloody Hands coming out? And I said, I have nothing to do with it at all. So it's a crazy credit on there. All right. Yeah, it says now it's in post-production, and it was written well, by George McGrath. There you go. <laughs> uh, I imagine I'll be invited to the premiere, and I can tell you more about it if it ever happens. <laughs> Well, George, you mentioned uh, the Groundlings. Can you talk a bit about your days uh, with them? You know, it seems like the relationships you made there really kind of sent you on the paths you eventually took in your career. And, you know, as you mentioned, you're still working with them. I I was an actor, and when I got into the Groundlings, I started writing stuff for myself. You know, it's all sketches, and the more you write, the more stuff you're in in the show. And it turned out to be something that I was good at, writing sketches. And uh, I first got a job offered to write a show that was called Kids Incorporated. That's how I got into the writer's guild. The producer of that show came and asked me to write, I guess I wrote like maybe 10 episodes of it. And then Paul Rubens came when he had his uh, Playhouse deal with CBS. And he, he had been in the Groundlings years before, but I had never met him. And he came to see a show and he asked me if I wanted to write a kid's show. And that totally turned my career around. Um, you know, Peter's Playhouse was such a big deal when it came out that people were saying, get me one of those hip-happening writers from Peter's Playhouse. And in the second season, it was just me and Paul, and he wasn't going to go do anything else. So I was the hip-happening writer from Peter's Playhouse, and I got my own TV show on Nick at Night from it, and it really set my career off as a you know, comedy writer. So was it the writing that was always kind of the thing you, you wanted to gravitate towards? I know you've done acting as well, but it, it seems like the writing is acting, really your passion. The acting was what I wanted, was what I thought my career would be. And then the writing just became something where people were coming asking me to do it rather than me trying to get jobs as an actor. And, you know, I continued to act my whole career. You know, I, I was little parts and things, things that I wrote, I had parts in. Um, but the, the writing became a full-time, you know, lucrative career, and it just sort of took over. Well, this is maybe an odd question, but as a writer who also can act, do you have the same satisfaction uh, when you write something and somebody else does it and it becomes, you know, a memorable thing or a big hit? Or do you ever think, like, man, I could have probably did the acting for that too? Or does that ever cross your mind? Um, not really, because I haven't really written, I write mostly, I don't want to say I write mostly for women, but I kind of do. Um, the, most of the things I've written are parts for women. Like I wrote Tracy takes on with Tracy Ullman for a couple of years. Sure. And you know, that was super satisfying just because she was so great. And, you know, she made everything you wrote seem so much better than it was. Um, I don't think I've ever written something where I thought, gee, I wish I had been in that. I don't think I have really. Well, of course, you mentioned uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse and, you know, a lot of the Groundlings wound up working on that show as well. And, you know, the impact that that show had on people, you know, over the years it was on was was humongous. You know, people my age definitely hugely influenced by it for sure. It's one of those things that I think the timing was right and it was unusual enough to really sort of make a mark. And to this day, you know, there are so many Pee Wee Playhouse Facebook groups and fan clubs and all that. I mean, I still get, you know, the occasional email from somebody telling me how much they love Pee Wee's Playhouse. And um, I have the theme song on YouTube 
and it has like a million billion views and people still are interested in it for some reason well and i think maybe having all the people from the groundlings come over maybe you already had that sort of relationship you know instead of just being thrown onto a set with new people and I mean, obviously, Phil Hartman was a genius and, you know, you know, all the writers and everybody that was involved with it. I think it really showed that you guys were, you know, friends off uh, off camera as well. Phil, Phil Hartman was just about the greatest guy I ever knew. He was so funny and smart and kind and generous with his talent. When I first got in the Groundlings, he was like an established star over there. And he was so good to me. And I loved Phil Hartman so much. The other people that came from the Groundlings, Lynn Stewart, who was Missy Vaughn, and uh, the first season, John Paragon also wrote it, and then he played Jombie. And uh, the rest of the people, I think, were cast when we were in New York, most of the ones for the first season. And then the second season, when we moved to California, some of those were replaced with people that were local to L.A., um, but yeah, I had I had not known Paul beforehand, but we became very close. I ended up writing Big Top TV with him and um, did a bunch of different things. Um, and, you know, Paul was just sort of a one of a kind, you know, genius in a freaky way. You know, he was just he just knew what he wanted and he had just an eye for how things look. You know, I, I always tell a story that if, if a pencil was out of place in the pencil case holder on the set, he would notice it. You know, he just had really an eye for what he wanted things to look like. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was all him. I did a show a couple of years later called Riders in the Sky, also for CBS Saturday morning. And it was similar in that it had puppets and it was, uh, you know, crazy, but it was about cowboys, this group called Riders in the Sky. And what it lacked was Paul. You know, Paul, if you look at any episode of that show, Paul is the center of every bit of energy about it. I mean, other people were fantastic in the cast, but Paul's energy is what made that show so special. And that's why it could never really be reproduced by other people who tried to do similar things. Well, you, of course, uh, were the voice of Globy. He was always my favorite Playhouse character. I don't know. It's just something about the voice you gave him always <laughs> cracked me up. <laughs> well, you're in a small group right there. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was Globy. I was the fish. I was the countess. I was a flower. The second season, I was Terry. Um, it was fun for me because... I, I was not a puppeteer by any stretch of the imagination, and I had to become a puppeteer. The other people were legit puppeteers when they came onto it, you know, um, Wayne White and Rick Heitzman and Allison Mork. So I had to sort of learn how to be a puppeteer on the fly, <laughs> depending on the puppet. Globy had sort of a remote control gizmo that made him move, and it was erratic to say the least you know you'd be pushing the buttons and globy had a mind of his own and he just starts spinning around or something um but yeah it was fun for me well george i gotta ask you your memories of making the christmas special that's been a holiday staple for for so many people over the years and you know my son and i watch it probably you know half a dozen times a year even you know during the summer it seems oh wow you know it was amazing because just every star in the world that were 
people that Paul loved were the sort of the same people that I loved because they were from my childhood as well. So, you know, Frankie and Annette, one of the highlights of my life was meeting Cher, who I was a big giant fan of, of course. And <laughs> Paul knew I was a big fan of hers and I was like too shy to go over to her and he dragged me over, sat me down with her and I got a picture with her and I had brought my Cher doll <laughs> <laughs> because I knew she was coming and I was going to have him have her sign it. So I sit next to Cher and, you know, he takes the picture and I said, um, and I had the doll and I said, you know, I'm a big fan. And she goes, well, I guess so. Or not everybody carries the doll around. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I still love that picture so much. And just so many people were on that show. It was just fantastic to be a part of it. Well, and you also wrote Big Top Peewee, you mentioned with Paul and, Mm-hmm. I feel like that film maybe wasn't given a fair shake at the time. Do you think people were just maybe expecting Pee-wee's Playhouse on the big screen when that came out? I think more so they were expecting Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Sure. Um, because that was such a big hit. Um, I think with it's funny because there's a small group that prefer that to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and I hear from them, of course, and... Uh, I think it was just a different kind of a movie and people weren't really expecting that or they thought it was going to be a sequel or to, to Big Adventure or to the Playhouse somehow. And, you know, there were no characters that went from one to the other. Um, it was fun to, to write it and it wasn't exactly what I hoped it would be, but, you know, there's still some very funny parts of it. And, you know, I think it's imaginative and, um, you know, I think a a lot of people enjoy it, you know, think it's a good movie. Yeah, definitely. As time goes on, I really appreciate it more than maybe I did when I was a kid. But, you know, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. it's got to be tough writing that you can't just say, oh, Pee Wee lost his bike again. I mean, obviously, you got to go in a whole nother direction when you're doing it. Yeah, it, you know, people ask me if, if it was. If it was ever discussed to make it a sequel or have the bike in it or have Dottie or Francis in it. And it wasn't, it was always, you know, Paul had some very certain ideas that he wanted to have included in the movie, the hot dog tree. He wanted to have the longest kiss in movie history. And he did, <laughs> um, you know, things like that. And I think the world of the circus, he grew up in Sarasota, Florida. So, that's the summer place for the Ringling Brothers Circus. So he had sort of a love of the circus, I guess, or keen interest at least in the circus. So I think that's why he said it there. Um, yeah, I don't think he ever thought of it as a sequel or, you know, any, anything that had anything to do with the other things that he had going on at the same time. Well, George, uh, you've definitely done a lot of things over your career acting of course and lots of writing you know puppetry you mentioned uh, directing and you know i didn't know until i started digging around that you've got a lot of songwriting credits under your belt as well i do have a lot of songwriting credits because and that was another thing that the pbs theme song paul just took me in his dressing room and he said do you want to write the theme song because i had done a lot of song in front of the groundlings and you know, picking up stuff on the spot. He said, do you want to write the theme song? And I said, sure. I said, what do you want? And he sort of stood up and demonstrated, come on in and put yourself up a chair. 
And then he gave me that line. I went back to my hotel room and I wrote the theme song. And I sang it into a recorder and I thought, well, I'm not going to use this tune. But they did. They same tune that I sang into the tape recorder. And it's, you know, it's probably the longest theme song ever in a TV <laughs> show. But um, it was a great credit. And then I, when I had my show on the television, Nick at Night, I wrote, Dozens of songs. I wrote a song for the soap opera Santa Barbara. I wrote a song for Elvira's and TV special. So I, I've got to, to write a bunch of songs over the years with um, Will Getter. The Pee Wee's Playhouse theme song was Mother's Bell, and Paul and I share credit on it. But yeah, it's, it's been sort of a, a fun, you know, secondary career. You know, I still get residuals from the songs and this and that, so it's great. Awesome. Well, I know you mentioned you're still uh, teaching and uh, working with the Groundlings. Is there anything else maybe in the works or some other stuff we should be looking out for? Uh, I don't know. I never say never. <laughs> so you know, hopefully there'll be something that somebody asks me to do. I'm not really sort of driven to search things out. I have a lot of a lot of kids with their strips, and if somebody asks me to do an acting thing, I'd be happy to do it. I occasionally perform with the Groundlings. I'm doing one of their Zoom shows, and yeah. So I mean, I'm not like saying, "Oh no, I don't ever want to do anything," but I'm also sort of elderly. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so if something comes up, I'll, I'll say yes, but you know, I'm not. I'm not like sort of, I have a manager, but you know, she's, she's my sort of reluctance to pursue things. So, you know, just sort of. George, uh, again, I am a huge fan of yours and it's been an honor speaking with you today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you asking this and it's been a pleasure. And again, that was actor, writer, George McGrath, formerly of the groundlings. And of course, Pee Wee's playhouse, and uh, look for him coming up here. He's teaching some classes. So sign up and uh, get a class with George McGrath.
It's your special day, girl. Say hip hip hooray, girl. You've made it to Salem. You'll scream at the witch museum. It's like a bad dream. Melvira's in Salem. That girl on the broom is taking this town by storm. She's going to go as far as a girl can get. Don't worry if you start feeling a little warm. Cause Salem is smoking weed, don't mean the cigarette. If you're yearning to see a witch burning, in your grave you'll be turning with Elvira in Salem. It's the town you can always find a witch in. Take it from Elvira. Salem's bitches! Talking about Salem Mass. Elvira's bringing to it a great piece of it. class. Good golly, Miss Molly. There's plenty of room on her trolley. Up, you'll be late for school. Fans. Fans! This is Wayne White of Pee Wee's Playhouse, and you're listening to The Five Count.
Now the only thing missing is Charo! Gire, Conky! Small. Here's for everybody's 
This little woman, we had an awkward date. But when he got to know me, well, he chose me for his name. In this place, we're singing love. Anyone can fall in love. When I first met this hippo, I was really quite rude. Now that we're together, I'm so glad I left this soon. Take a and watch along. Sing a big compartment song. They're a crazy combination that we all know. It said he was the best one. Such choices I abhor. But when I made my mind up, I decided on all four. And if at times love gets too hard, then start a circus in your own backyard. With you, I want to harmonize. I feel the same, and now my big surprise. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cabrini Circus proudly presents, for the first time anywhere, Pee Wee Herman.
son. I know how to run the show. What do you think this is? I think it's a, it's a joke is what I thought it was. No way, man. No yeah. joke. We're back. We're back. Hey, it's the five count. How you doing? It's really, it's really good. We're in the basement talking about George McGrath. That was George McGrath. Yeah, man. It's good stuff. He still performs with the Groundlings. What a guy. You can check it all out. Does he like pickles, though? We never got to the bottom of that. Yeah, I forgot to ask him that, but um, maybe next time. Yeah. Bummer. Son, it's fine, because there's a lot of great stuff still to come this hour. Is there really? Well, you know, it's all something the fans have come to expect. Wow. Action-packed. We could just do, like, one or two things and kind of stretch it out, but Ton's like, no, let's do 47 things. 47 things. Let's do them all right now. And then I say, well, what are we... If we do all those things now, like, what are we going to do next week? I don't care. We'll figure it out. <laughs> don't cheat the fans. Yeah, man. Do not cheat the fans That's at all. I've been telling you that for years. Ton's been saying that for years. The adulation of the fans fills his love tank. I, I hope. I'm trying. Trying. My love tank's real empty. Extreme. What do you, what do you think it was like, Yeah, you know... Back in the day, was it better? Yeah. What do you mean, like 10 years ago? Well, I don't know. I guess if you just want to arbitrarily throw a time period out there. Yeah. Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Dude, 10 years ago, it was, like, very full. Way more full than now. Uh, I got. I forgot that this was happening, and you're going to say, yeah, right, but... Ton, 10 years ago, May 28th, 2011... Me, you, and a bunch of people with a special tribute to Randy Macho Man Savage. What? Dude, what? Uh, it was 10 years ago this week that the Mach passed away. Seriously, dude. Dude, that, so honestly, that's some kind of divine intervention right there. Honestly, dude, I started listening to that album just today, totally, completely at random. Then we brought him up just now, and we didn't we didn't rehearse this. I didn't know what was happening on the 10 years ago segment, and you're telling me you didn't realize it until just now when you looked at it even? Spooky, man. That is crazy. So the whole show is dedicated to the match. Dude, it's basically dedicated to him right now even. Remember, the match is like being channeled somehow right now. It's true. We played his album in its entirety. Wow. And we heard from the ghost of the match, which yes. was actually the guy who used to call in as the match. Yeah. You longtime fans out there, or I don't know if I'd call you fans, bored people, masochists. If you've been listening for a long time, you might remember the guy who used to call in as the match uh, every week. Basically, the entire stretch of 2005 and the back half of 2004 is taken over by the Mach. Yeah, man. All those episodes are on our Patreon page. Some pretty good stuff. And he was really good at it. He was really good at being the Mach, so we, we just embraced it. Back then was a time period in which we basically made fun of anyone who called in. Mostly. Except when it was the match. And that was it. Ton always had some some level of reverence for the real match or people who pretended to be the match. Yeah, dude. It was I was open to it. I was into it. Wow, dude. Wow. Wow. Ten years ago. This is blowing my mind. 
It's uh doesn't seem that long ago. Mach, I hear you, I feel you. Thank you so much. I remember when that happened and it was very sad. Yeah. And it was similar, even though I'm not nearly as big a fan of this person, but it happened with the Ultimate Warrior as well. Yeah. yeah. When uh people caught wind of this they all started texting me their condolences as if like he was my dad or something yeah so sorry for your loss i just heard how you doing everything okay like yeah it's a major bummer but like i didn't know him (laughs) oh man everyone just is really under the assumption that you're a very sensitive fellow and it was like on facebook people that i went to school with who i hadn't talked to in a 11 years. Yeah. Sent, hey, I just uh, wanted to see if you're holding up okay. Everything all right? I, rem- I just heard. <laughs> I remember this more than once happening to you where you've you've confessed it to me and you're like, this kind of bums me out because I immediately think like an actual family member died because nobody <laughs> outlines who they're talking about. And you're like, what, did my dad pass away and I didn't know it or what the hell? Start freaking out. Yeah, because it'll happen before I find out about it and not prefacing anything at all. Yeah. Oh, I just heard. I'm so sorry. Wow. What does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) Am I dead? Yeah. You start calling your mom and dad and grandmas and whatever. (laughs) Did I die? (laughs) In the twilight zone, dude. Wow. This is amazing. This is amazing, Doss. Please continue. Oh, that's it. Ten years ago in five-count history. It. it was just the match tribute. Be a man, son. Dude. Come on, don't be scared. Wow. You're running from macho, that's what I heard. Yeah, dude. You rhymed heard with scared. Yeah. That's good. It is real good. What a guy. Sorry, I feel like we're kind of uh, coming back to the present on a bit of a downer note. That's good. No, dude, I'm excited. This means that the match is here with us right now. Oh, well, then we're back. He's all around us. Welcome back, Tom. Thank you. The Motch, 10 years ago. Man, I told this story a few times, and I know that I told it to you, but I'm just going to say it again. Yeah. I was talking to the Motch's people, yeah, his dude. publicist. Yes. I don't think it would have went anywhere. I think I was just getting some lip service. Yeah. But I was told, like, hey, he's got this thing going on, and he just got married, but he's getting settled, and uh, we'll circle back in a week or two. And Yep. I don't think anything would have come of it, but I don't know. I was one degree away. Yeah. I remember that vividly, dude. Vivid. And then like a week later, he died. Yeah. The really weird part is it's happened more than once that we were in like talks. We've we've possibly jinxed and or killed several people. Yes. Like at least a dozen times. It's very creepy when that happens. And it makes it more, like, shocking when they die. And you're just like, what? I, I, like, devastation hits. The worst one was when we were talking to Johnny Winter. Yeah, dude. And he was getting bad phone reception. Yes. So he's like, hey, we're going to have to, we're driving through the mountains right now. We're going to have to talk to you tomorrow. Uh-huh. And guess what happened tomorrow? He Dead. died. Yes. Ton was like the last person to talk to him on the phone. Seriously. It's kind of weird. It's very weird. Very Spooky. creepy stuff. This music ain't helping. Ugh. Wow. 
son's got the heebies and the jeebies. Yeah, dude. Crazy. Well, you know what, Ton? It's fine because you and I have been on the air for so long that uh, we're bound to start outliving people. That's true. We've outlived several shows. I know that. If you're wondering exactly how many, just go to thefivecount.com. You can check out all of our interviews on there. If you scroll all the way to the bottom of the page at thefivecount.com, there's a, a little kind of player down there, and it just plays the IDs from all the various uh, people that we've had on the show that we've interviewed. And uh, you could listen to just those IDs for several hours probably. Honestly, dude, I've been thinking about people that we've had on the show like just recently, like yesterday, and I wanted to play the IDs quick for people like that I work with. And it was insane. I was trying to find a person. I'm just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling forever. Like what? How? What order is this? Is this by time? Like crap! I don't understand. Like no, I it's scroll. all it's random. It's ridiculous. There's about six hundred of them I on there. I can't even find all the stuff of the people. It's like scrolling for days. Well, Ton, uh, it's showing no signs of stopping. I don't know if you knew this, but. In uh, two weeks from tonight, it will be our 17-year anniversary program. Amazing. Amazing. Exactly on the date. Wow. June 12th. Do you remember when you used to make fun of people who had been doing the show for 20 years? Yeah, that's us. They're old fuddy-duddies, and you'd make fun of them. But in our defense, Todd, now those people have been on for 40 years, so we're still the cool kids. Wow. Just kidding. We got nowhere else to go. I'm not sure in whose eyes were that cool, but... Gotta be honest, uh, this is really all we've got going on. Not a whole lot more. Not for me, anyway. Yeah. Well, speak for yourself, but... I I will speak for myself. (laughs) Ton has so much stuff going on. (laughs) So much. So much stuff to look forward to. So much. Uh, Me being Ton's acquaintance is what I look forward to the most. Well, that's something. Uh, His coattails. That's what I strive for well imagine the average dude just walking down the street that doesn't know me definitely worse could be worse dust it's true i don't realize how good i have it (laughs) (laughs) oh ridiculous ton i got something to share with you uh if you join us on patreon you'll Uh notice that yesterday friday morning yeah we had a brand new episode of the five count at the movies yes we watched a film called killing spree killing spree it's a movie about a guy who goes on a spree with lots of killing wow and you can watch it with us dude on patreon that movie is really something well i hope you appreciated the soundtrack because uh, i have a song from the film that i think is going to help you kind of get an idea spoiler alert there's a part in the song where the guy basically tells you everything that happens in the movie yeah it's basically the entire song yeah so uh if you wanted to watch the film you might want to watch it first yeah and then listen to this song because the entire plot is spelled out within uh, the i think three minutes in yeah but if you consider this Perhaps listen to the song and let that fuel your desire to see it actually enacted on screen. You see what I'm saying? I do. Also know that while you're watching it, you could, out of the corner of your eye, stare at Ton. Yeah. 
And it isn't like when you see him at the mall or something and you kind of have to look, but look away because you don't want him to know. Like, you don't want it to be obvious that you're staring at Tun. Yeah, you can stare right at me the whole time. For 90 minutes, you can look right at his face. It's awesome. And he won't know. Won't even know. I mean, he'll assume, but he won't know for sure. Yeah, it's fine. Well, this is a song called The Beast Within. I'm excited for this. Well, uh, here it is, Ton. Thank you so much. It's from the film Killing Spree.
for such a slap. Seems like she's been seeing everyone in town, so now I gotta get them so they won't be around. My best friend came over with a little tramp up. They both were about to said a little bit drunk. Cut off a head, beat him till he's dead. I said, cut off a head and beat him till he's dead. Electrocytes of action in the bed. Spun the fan around and chopped the top of his head. And the TV guy with his karate stuff, I just turned up to the ratchets and sliced up his gut. The lawmaker back to get what he missed, put his hand in his head. Boy, was he pissed. Delivery tried to pick up my wife, screwdriver in the head, had to take his life. The hack next door was a pain in the butt, wanted to kill her husband just to shut him up. I got real annoyed, didn't want her in my place, ripped the jaw with the hammer and I chewed on her face, yeah!
Yo, peace, just skip the gap for Black Delicious Quantum Project. And right now, you're checking out the five count. Amazing, major, danger, hazy, waste my blades and With sin, your anatomy again, making people higher into infinity from sin. We're your remedy for them who are feeling we your friends. Don't intend to be a trend, but a symphony of hymns. Lyrics sent to me from him. I extend to thee the of intensity. Lend your attention, see us quench your envisions of a mental dimension full of internalisms. And again, and again, I'm gonna win this division. We are men on a mission. Green light now begin. Innovation aura, green light now begin. No more of that letting all your time pass. No more petty illusions of the mindless. It's time to expand. Power from within you taking over this dominion. Green light now begin. I be the heat of the night, defeat the leader. I'm eager strike light, reveal a meteorite. Eating your readings and pens, bleeding intense, feeling appealing, sentence, sentence, and just reeling them in. I'm merely a chameleon, image of elementary, elements of the sensory. Tell them that it was me that sent it. Tell them eventually they'll begin to meet into the sleep. And hell, I'm an entity, bailing well and it's selling the free. Melanin rounds in an umbrella, won't kill it from filtering hell of intelligent, diligent, heaven sent, benevolent, relevant medicine. Poetry, pedestrian, peddling, mad adrenaline to lyrical gentlemen. Okay, alright.
Playful, and you are listening to the five count.
Dictionary, I show the words mine. Math word design, I'll do how loquacious I can be when I set my mind down to it. But she wasn't impressed. No, 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 She wasn't impressed at all. Fully ready. Welcome back to the show. To the full extent, I'm ready to go deep at the top. Hey, uh, if you're talking about the true punks doing electro, yeah, man, that's coming up in about five minutes. And what a treat it is! It's like uh, my birthday and Halloween, and being uh, proposed to all and rolled up into one. Wow! Wow! Plus the electro part, too. Can I just ask, why are dudes not proposed to more often? Especially dudes like us. You get proposed to all the time. Yeah, but I'm just saying... Or propositioned, I should say. Yeah, that's a little bit different. But I'm saying, like, why isn't that more normal? You know what I mean? There's all this talk about every everybody's lives matter and, you know, like equal rights and all this stuff well why why aren't some women stepping up to the to the plate once in a while and just asking the dude or do you have to be do you have to be into dudes to get dudes to propose to you are you asking me to marry you ton is that where this is going i mean that maybe would have been a a good choice at one point but that ship has sailed or what it's i feel like it's i'm I wish middle. I'd have known. I'm in the middle of a thing right now, so it's... I mean, what can I do? I want to do this right, Dust. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Not really, but... <laughs> oh, man. I do know the show's over, but uh, thanks right. to George McGrath for joining us. Yes. And thanks to Ton for uh, sticking around, because he's got, uh, as he just mentioned, lots of other very important, possibly better things he could be doing. Propositions. Ton, you should, uh, I would like to proposition you, or uh, just go to Patreon, would you? (laughs) Go to Patreon. For only $1, you can have everything we have to offer, which is a whole heaping helping. Is that from a song? (laughs) That's from nonsense. It is. Said without thinking. Go to Patreon. It's pretty awesome. You can get this show before it drops anywhere else. You can also get the Five Count Co-op before it drops on YouTube and the Five Count exclusive at the movies, which was recently just released, an, an additional at the movies, a beautiful, beautiful film called Killing Spree. Yeah. And the only way to witness it and us watching it is through Patreon. It's really like the best value I can think of. It really is. Plus, I just spent uh, hundreds of dollars for website hosting whatnots. Wow. So if you want to help us out, that'd be a very appreciated. Just do us a solid, would you? Hey, um, 
if you have any money left over, you could go to Lori Dawn Ceramics, buy the five count medallion, or you know, hang it on your tree, put hang- a magnet on it, put it on the fridge. Yes, do all those things. So many things you could do. Put it on a gold chain, wear it around your neck. Ton, it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it is. Thank you for your service. I'll never forget you, what you've done for me in this country. I'll never forget you either, Dust. I didn't do a whole lot, but next week we've got another awesome show. And word on the street is could be having a bonus episode of the Five Count available on Patreon as well. Awesome. In case you think like, man, two hours just flies by. I wish it was three hours long, maybe even four. Well, it could be coming up. Your dream could be coming true. Four hours of the Five Count. That'll make you sick your stomach like when you eat so much cotton candy because it's so great and you just can't stop yes and you know you're gonna puke but you don't care you just keep on shoveling it in it happens dude that's like listening to this program yeah man i'm with you otherwise i think we're done ton you could go to youtube there's stuff on there there's definitely a lot of stuff on there check it all out watch us play old nintendo games and shout obscenities on the five count co-op There's some new ones coming up. You know how I know? Because we're going to record them right now. Yeah, we are. It's going to be great. Ton went to the bathroom for about 12 minutes, so he's raring to go. I really am. It's an amazing thing. Thank you so much, Ton. You're welcome. I think we're done now, but it's been real. Talk to you all next week. Now, boys and girls, turn the record over.